and welcome to the Real World Negotiation Podcast. Uh, my name's David Murray. And I'm Gareth Roberts. And today we're going to be talking about the role of alpha males in negotiation. So alpha males, David, what, what, what do we mean by alpha males? For me, an alpha male is a bit of a... You know, Donald Trump is kind of your atypical alpha male. That um, slightly overbearing, uh, slightly aggressive male figure that we, we've all come across... Um, and I think those those males tend to negotiate in a certain way, which can be aggressive, um, but in my view, doesn't get you to the best possible conclusion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, David, for me, I think these are the arseholes that we've all worked with, negotiated with. And, and I think you can you can spot them from a distance because these are the guys and and it is nearly always guys who will tell you they'll tell you two things they'll say i am a great negotiator being a great negotiator is a big and important part of their personal brand and they'll often self-identify won't they as alpha males i come up to you and say i'm an alpha um and I, i i've never i think that means different things to different people I mean, Trump's an interesting one, though, isn't he? And he's the, he's the stereotype. And what is it about that stereotype that you think maybe we see in our day-to-day interactions with these folks? Well, what, what is it they actually do that is Trump-like, that is alpha-like? Well, I think in the context of negotiation, as you say, they, they wear that alpha male uh, status almost like a badge of honour. It, it, it's about For them, it's about winning the negotiation. I'm going to show that I'm better than you by getting the kind of deal you didn't think I could get. Um, it's about telling people how it's going to go. This is the deal. It, the, you know, they use terms like take it or leave it. This is the deal. Um, which, you know, they may well get that deal <laughs> and you may well take it, but that doesn't mean it's the best possible outcome. Um, and also... Yeah, it's quite damaging from a relationship perspective. How can you have a relation, a long-term relationship with somebody like that? For me, negotiation is absolutely about long-term relationships and building trust and building value. And it doesn't work if you, if you take the approach, okay, if you don't give me this trade deal, Kim Il Jung, I'm going to nuke you, <laughs> which is kind of the Donald did, Trump approach. Did, did, did you? I mean, look, I. I defer to your knowledge on this one, David, but is is that the kind of thing he did? Because I remember in the case of Trump particularly, there was that media footage, wasn't there, of him going to the, the, the demilitarised zone um, between the South and the North. And, you know, kind of, obviously Kim was waiting on the other side and he did that whole thing of stepping over and uh, and shaking hands. Um, so was that always Trump's approach? Or is this kind of... Or is it just all about optics for these people? It's how things look. As you say, you know, how do I show the world that I can get deals that others can't by behaving in an outlandish way? Is that what it is? Well, yeah, it's, it's you know, it, it, I didn't necessarily want to talk about Donald Trump for the whole podcast, but he's a really interesting character because he actually did deliver deals that other people didn't seem capable of doing that saying that he never actually got a deal with North Korea but at least he got them to the table by perhaps being very aggressive rather than uh, adopting perhaps a more traditional diplomatic approach which is you know touchy-feely let's see where we get to and and not try and push 
people too far. There is a there's certainly a school of thought that says, well, if you if you if you aim really high and you get half of that, that's much better than um, going in quite low and um, and getting a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I guess in that whole kind of geopolitical theatre, you know, kind of really trumped. And the way that nations interact, someone like Trump is is the front man. But, you know, you have diplomatic back channeling and, you know, describing a, a leader of a nation as a, as a great negotiator. As I think sometimes it's an oversimplification of all the detail of um, of what's actually going on. Maybe if we think about alpha males in the context of, you know, our day to day. Well, what's the worst alpha male that you've ever had to deal with, David? What's what what's the worst? What are the worst alpha behaviours that you've seen? Well, I haven't. I have, funnily enough, I haven't done, had much negotiation with Mr. Trump. Um, not personally, no. Not personally, no. <laughs> um, so, I guess yeah. You know, in, in my in my day job, uh, and I'm not going to name any names, uh, but I have dealt with a couple of people who've been very difficult because they've been very aggressive. What what did that aggression look like? That aggression looked like uh, everything is wrong. Um, I'm really unhappy with... And, and this was actually part of a longer-term relationship. Um, so not just a one-off. It's not the first time I met this person. But the way he, he negotiated was to say how rubbish everything was. And, and you know, we've let you down. Or, or as in me, have let him down. Or the organisation's let him down. Um, by almost trying to make us feel guilty, um, almost like a customer service relationship, you know, complaining, my my genes aren't good enough. What are you going to do about it? Okay, okay, that uh, makes sense. And, 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 how, and how did was it just what he said or how he said it? Also, the way he said it. How did just, he say it? It was you know shouting and screaming, shouting, um, which. If if you met this guy outside of that context, he was actually a lovely bloke um, and not a not a natural shouter, I'd say. So in that circumstance, I think it was very much a tactic. Uh, and tactics are really interesting. You, there's nothing to say you can pretend to be an alpha male <laughs> as a tactic. Um, maybe Donald Trump is an absolute pussycat at heart, and it's all it's all an image. Um, but there's nothing wrong with using attributes that alpha males use in the right circumstances. But I think you have to be aware of what you're doing to be aggressive. I would say if you're out of control, and I'm sure you come across people like this, if you're out of control, that's completely different to using um, directed aggression. Yeah, I completely agree. I've negotiated with people who I think have taken that... It's quite an old-fashioned way that people got taught to negotiate. But basically, I'm going to behave in an unpleasant way. I might shout. Um, I might um, be excessively demanding. I might do a number of other off-colour things to make you feel uncomfortable and therefore give me things. And that's a logical decision I'm making. And as you say, David, you know, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing to do, those sorts of behaviours, you know, if you meet them outside of, of work, they, you know, they, they are perhaps lovely people. I think sometimes when we we see the alpha behaviours though the the obnoxious um, acting out stuff um, yeah particularly the raised voices um, we often see people who are out of control they've lost it and when we talk about you know these alpha males who talk about themselves as being great negotiators you know they, these are just the bad tempered bastards who complain a lot 
and they lose their temper and actually there are a narrow set of circumstances where people will will give them what they want and so you know if the long-term relationship isn't important then yeah they might be you know they might be um great negotiators um i mean the worst individual piece of behavior i ever saw by someone who would probably describe himself as an alpha who i negotiated against um you know i had to take quite a strong position um in a contract negotiation and they they stopped and the color drained from their face and they they bellowed the f word at me full bore and they did this i mean i do a bit of martial arts um they did they did a reasonably well executed karate chop on the table in front of them and then I think hurt their hand <laughs> um, to which my response was is your is your hand okay to try and diffuse the situation um, I mean it didn't work but it was just a complete loss of control and I think actually when we negotiate these are high pressure situations right? Mm. It's a bit like Khrushchev banging his shoe on the table at the um, United Nations Ah but that was that was in control no? And uh, Yes no absolutely uh, but I have I have heard stories about people who have banged their shoe on the table in negotiations. Which does, does it work? I'm not. I'm not trying. <laughs> well, hopefully they've got. Hopefully they've got clean socks on. Is all I would have to say about that. But do you think someone who says I'm a great negotiator, you know, it's I'm, I'm Mister Negotiator. Do you think they actually are good negotiators? Um, I think if they're the type of people who normally say that, then they probably take an aggressive approach. Now, I think I don't want to keep going back to Trump, but it's about optics for these people. So they work for a company and they like to go back to the office and people say, oh, they've sent in the Rottweiler. Oh, I wonder what he's got out of them. And by behaving in quite a macho way, if they yield results, and that's quite, you know, maybe good for their self-image. So I think the short answer to your question is maybe in a narrow set of circumstances, but I think more broadly, you know, if relationship is important, um, then, you know, potentially not. And remember, I think a lot of these people are narcissists. You know, they, they rely on the external world for their own validation. So going back to the office after behaving in a terrible way with a supplier or with a customer... And then people saying, oh, you know, well, Mike was an absolute animal today and we got X, Y and Z out of them and you should have seen the look on their faces. Um, you know, this is what drives their engine and they will paint that as a success and then being a great negotiator. Does it mean that they got the best possible deal or that the relationship was left in a good place? I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you, do you think you can be a, an alpha negotiator and do a good job? I think you can in certain circumstances, but it, it very much limits what you can achieve. Um, and what's, you know, I, I've dealt with quite a few people who had a reputation for being a great negotiator. I wouldn't uh -huh. necessarily say it themselves, but everyone, oh, he's, he's a brilliant negotiator. You won't get anything out of them. Um, and, you know, a person I, I dealt with in the past was, was Bernie Eccleston, who uh -huh. had uh, a massive reputation for being... A, a fantastic negotiation negotiator and if you see everything he achieved you know absolutely it's the case so i'm not going to speak specifically about bernie um but the, the question for me is do do you change your behavior when you're sitting across from someone who you perceive to be a good negotiator do you start playing the man rather than the ball so to speak i think you do i mean oh. i if i think back to early you know, kind of in my career, I can certainly remember going into negotiations and overthinking it. 
a bit against people like this if they have a reputation and you know you mentioned Bernie Eccleston I think as somebody whose reputation was deserved based upon results whereas we're talking about you know your your alpha males who you know are perhaps kind of blowhards um, and they they generate a reputation based on optics rather than results and the fact is if someone's being you know I I like to think that you know I, I don't have those sort of we, we call it now toxic masculinity don't we and uh, you know I, I, I see myself as someone who hopefully doesn't have those traits but I can certainly think of times when I've negotiated against these people and you know they've annoyed me mm. and you know I'm not a robot I have an emotional you know response to that and you know it, it has influenced certainly what has come out of my mouth next and positions mm. you know that I have taken and I think if you're preparing for a conversation and you know you know that somebody is going to behave in a rude manner to you then i think that impacts everybody doesn't it it does and you've you've raised an interesting question about preparation for if you know you're you're dealing with a specific type of person Mm -hmm. for me they've won if they get a reaction out of you because that's what they're they're looking for so the, the the best way for me to deal with those kind of people is you almost just have to let them wash over you and go with the flow so let them give you their spiel if they're shouting or screaming or karate chopping the table or whatever they're doing let them do that um because you'll learn far more about them than they're learning about you how are they learning anything about you if they're screaming at you and the spits flying and <laughs> the table's pounding they've learned nothing you've learned an awful lot about them because the chances are in that rant they're giving away some really inf- interesting information. So I would say just sit back, <laughs> listen to everything they're saying and let it blow over. You can't rant forever. At some point, you have to calm down. So whether it's a tactic or whether it's just their natural personality, um, at some point they have to stop. And that's when you, you take stock of everything you've learned from them and you almost start the negotiation at that point and forget about forget about the rant. Mm. You know, David, I, th- I think I, I I agree with what you've just said up to a point because we we I know we've talked about this before um, off mic. I think there's a limit where actually it's got nothing to do with negotiating power or anything like that. Where actually it can be impactful to also deal with these people by calling them out on something that is socially unacceptable so i agree you can let them go and run out of steam but i also think there's something quite impactful about calling out but bad behavior so i had a client who i was working with last year and they had a a particular buyer a procurement director that, that they were dealing with and he had a thing of um putting his feet up on the desk whenever um, their sales team would come into his office and just showing them discourtesy in all those kinds of ways along with a lot of the other behaviors that, that you've described and what was impactful for them was just independently of the negotiation um, just not actually progressing before they'd addressed the feet on the desk and just saying look I, I see you've you've got your feet up on the desk and you're, you're looking at your phone and we're here to talk about a contract dispute that's worth hundreds of thousands of pounds. No, I've, I've talked to me about that. <laughs> I've dealt with people like that as well. It's it's a really interesting one. Um, see, I would look at that and go, "Yeah, you're being a bit of an asshole, but I know you're being an asshole." So your your petty power play 
um, <laughs> isn't working on me. Um, and I, just as a complete aside, I remember um, a, a funny story. I was going for a job interview once um, many, many years ago and they sent me up. I checked in at reception and they sent me up to um, a certain floor and it was a building site. And I was thinking, well, this is, they're obviously trying to test me here okay. by putting me on this building site and seeing how I'm going to react. So I sat there for about 20 minutes, <laughs> calmly, not reacting at all. And then went back down and, oh, sorry, we got the wrong floor. <laughs> so, so there is, the, in that instance, I would have been better calling them out. So that was a genuine mistake on that genuine part. Mistake. A genuine it wasn't mistake. A tactic. A genuine mistake. Um, so, so sometimes where it's, you know, what is a tactic and what is just something that people are not aware of is, is, is an interesting one. And the more you get to know a person, and this is where listening and observing and relationships are really important because there's no doubt negotiation gets easier the more you know the person that you're dealing with. Both both their foibles and also where they're deliberately trying to provoke you. Because if you, you're dealing with someone with a particular foible, you're not going to gain anything by calling it out um, because that's just who they are. But if you're if they're deliberately trying to um, provoke you or, or do something as a tactic, I think perhaps that's where you can react in a controlled way that doesn't inflame the situation. Yeah, I agree completely. And I, I, I think that's it. It's making those calls, isn't it? What's in control? What's out of control? What is just them? And what is a criticism of them and their personality? Or what actually is a calling out of, you know, a tactic that is socially unacceptable? I mean, if I go back to my feet on the desk guy, when he was called out on that, he actually became quite embarrassed. And it was noticeable that he didn't keep his feet on the desk. He talked to them back. And then actually his tone for the rest of the conversation he had with the client was more reasonable. And yeah, I think that's where that's where the balance comes, isn't it? So so what 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 would be your take home points then, David? Like, you know, if we were to get it in a nutshell, when we're dealing with these difficult, aggressive characters who like to be seen as this dominant silverback gorilla in the negotiating room, mm. how do we deal with them? For me it's about not being another alpha male in the room because the last thing you want is two silverback gorillas kind of butting heads and and you do see that sometimes when um you get two people who reckon they're great negotiators together it all goes horribly wrong because neither of them is listening to a word the other one is saying and it's all about you know who's going to win the negotiation uh for me it's about uh a there's no such thing as a you know a win lose negotiation. It should be making sure both sides win, and to do that, it's really important to listen to where the other side's coming from. And if they're doing all the talking and you're letting them do all the talking, you're in a much better position to eventually get a better deal as a result for yourself and possibly even for them as well. Mm, yeah, I think this is it. It's getting away from there's always things we'll negotiate on that will be competitive in something like price if you like you know what you win i lose if you look at it just as the number but i think that there's i think when we have those behaviors where we have two people who are coming together and being aggressive and unreasonable then what that removes is the possibility of people walking away and both feeling like they've won because it's all it's all subjective isn't it often when we walk away from deals whether we have been successful or not it, it's how it feels and if somebody 
yeah, if I've ended up signing a contract and during that process somebody has shouted at me, banged a table, what whatever it is, I'm perhaps less likely to feel that what we've walked away with is satisfactory and a win-win. And there's always that feeling that maybe I should have been more more yeah. competitive. And I think most people feel that way. Yeah, and, and that's interesting. Different people feel differently about the results as well. So if you're dealing with the alpha male who wants to go back to his office and bang his chest and say, look what I got, then see if you can find a way to let him have that. But make mm. sure you're getting an awful lot out of him in return, which he might not be bothered about because as long as he's got that headline figure and he can say, look how wonderful I am, he's happy. He probably is not bothered about the rest of it. So there's there's potentially a huge amount of value there by playing the way he is negotiating and his views on things. Um, and if you can take advantage of that, and that's through listening to, to what he has to say. Um, one other thing, though, there, there may be time, because he's not listening to you at all, um, there will be times where you have to get you know, some sort of perspective and manage his expectations, potentially. You can't just let it completely flow over you. There needs to be a, a two-way process at some point. Yeah, I, I think email is quite useful for this you know sometimes david because yeah i can think of some very unreasonable people i've dealt with who particularly if they've got an audience if they're negotiating maybe in their direct reports in the room and are acting out if you come back and even just say no in a just not even aggressive but just sensibly assertive in the room you know maybe that conversation doesn't go anywhere productive but you know you can almost pause at that point as you say let it flow over you and then kind of put your points in writing and I always think if you can push back against these people but do it in that sense privately so during a phone call over an email and then you pick up with them what you're doing is you're setting up circumstances where they don't lose face Mm. and like face is very important because I think for these guys a lot of the time the important you were saying before they want to go back to the office and say here is what i got i think for for the more commercially probably better negotiators who are also alpha males that's probably true but i think some of them they just like being able to treat people like shit at work and get away with it under the guise of um, of negotiation or just just you know kind of project their dominance there was a guy you know i dealt with once who you know, at the end of our meeting, I'd asked him for a recommendation for a local hotel. Nothing to do, nothing to do with the negotiation. And um, he went into this whole spiel about how the local Holiday Inn Express was in quite a tough area. And then he looked me in the eye and said, but I'm just the kind of guy who isn't intimidated by anyone or anything. Like, and, and his team gave this sort of sycophantic little giggle and I thought, wow, you, you stayed in a Holiday Inn Express. You are quite the action man. And I kept that to myself. But I think that's it. They, they like to, to do that kind of thing in front of people. Mm. And maybe that's more important than the result to them is the process in that sense. Yeah, I had a boss once who, um, who when, when things got really tough, used to go and he'd been working for kind of two days straight without any breaks or very little sleep, would go, I eat glass. <laughs> I eat glass. I eat glass. I'm so tough. I can eat glass. And actually, I, I, I've used that since. <laughs> when I've had people working with me and I've been on an all-night negotiation and you can see them flagging. Okay. 
I eat glass. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's like so, you being an alpha, David. I eat glass. Well, I eat glass. <laughs> yeah, don't give me this northern. northern well, I was saying stuff. it your I way. Glass. It's glass. How's it written? Glass. <laughs> um, so, so, but you know, sometimes um, that kind of thing. Probably not for today, but how you psych yourself up for a negotiation is is actually really important. If if you know you can adopt different mindsets, um, and preparation, um, I, I I call it like method negotiation. There are times when you you need to build up a certain story or a certain narrative, and, and practicing it, um, you know, can, can pay dividends. And and maybe if you're looking at yourself in the mirror and going. I eat glass. <laughs> that gets you in the right frame of mind, which which might be a good place to to end this particular. I podcast. think on, on, on that bombshell, David. I I, I eat glass. I eat glass. <laughs> 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 <laughs>